Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Evan with Pints and Provisions Podcast. We're here on location at the Rocketwood Studio in Pekin, Illinois with Steve and Caroline Lotch. Uh, Mark is sitting to my left. Hey man. And I'd like to welcome everybody to our on-site again here in Pekin and we're excited to be here to talk about wood. So go ahead, Steve. <laughs> well, thank you very much. We are so excited to have have you here and explore what we do. Our passion is really with Live Edge and Live Edge bar builds. We want to explain the process of how we go through from seeing a tree, milling it down, figuring out how to dry the wood, and then bring it back to our shop and process it for you to hold your beer up. I like it. And, and I know that um, we've noticed some of the work that you've done by being down at Bearded Owl. I know you had done a lot of work for them. I know Nick and PJ have said a lot of great things about how their place had kind of come together and the whole you know, ambiance at their location, uh, thanks to a lot of the stuff that you've done. Uh, I certainly remember that one of the specific things I know that everyone probably gets to see right in front of them is like tasting paddles. The, the, the flights, yeah, the beer the flight flights. Paddles. Yeah. Right, and... and Nick and I actually went through a lot of debate on those because I wasn't able to get my machine to do exactly what he wanted. When it was all said and done, that logo that's on that, that flight mm-hmm. is the exact logo that is with his branding. Yeah. And, yeah. and he just hammered it home. We have to have the branding right. right. Yeah. Which, you know, thankful we were able to do that for them, and uh, they look great. Yeah, they turned out great. Yeah. So um, just to kind of warm up, uh, appreciably you brought us some beer back from the Kentucky Derby down in Louisville. Uh, This is Goodwood. It's a walnut brown ale, an ale aged on oak with walnuts, and it says touched by wood, brewed with limestone water. So sipping on pretty good, Mark. You've been enjoying this. Yeah, I'm already halfway through. No, it's a it's a nice, smooth beer. Uh, enjoying it. We were kind of debating because it, it did not mention the ABV on it, and we we were kind of thinking, oh, you know, four percent. And I actually looked it up, and it was six percent. So it finishes really smooth, nice nutty finish, and uh, an easy sipper. A nice nice change up from uh, from the stouts and IPAs. Yeah, I can I can actually taste a little bit of the sweetness. The, the if they use chocolate or something to infuse in I definitely get the chocolate that I do too yep kind of on the end of it you can kind of get that bitter chocolate I think it has a lot of good sweetness which you know certainly can easily be from the malt but and then that kind of aftertaste you really get that nutty yeah um, sweet nutty probably from the walnut so sure. well done well, while we're talking about beers, let's uh, let's talk about one of our favorite segments, uh, Beers of the Week. Beers of the Week. Beers of the Week. <laughs> so. We still haven't come up with a good jingle for that, but we're working on it. So uh, maybe we'll uh, we'll let you guys start. And just like, um, you know, no pressure, but if there's a beer that stood out to you in the last uh, week or so. Uh, I'll I tell you the one that I had this week that I really didn't want to try, but PJ insisted was the... Savion from was it the Saison? The, the Saison, yeah, Blazon Saison. Yeah, and I, I know I can only drink like one of them, but the and not multiples. 
but for one, it, it was absolutely delicious. I mean, if I were having dinner and that was an after-dinner yeah. beer, right. it would be perfect. I like that he's uh, pushing you to try some new beers, too. So that's, that's cool, right? Well, that's, that's, that's what they're good at down there. That's, I think that's what makes them special. Is yeah. that I think Twist my arm. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so. What about you, Mark? Um, so I, uh, last weekend, family, we had a baseball tournament for my son down in uh, St. Louis. And uh, we stopped in at uh, Narrow Gauge Brewing and uh, had uh, multiple flights there. Uh, hung out there for a while and just enjoyed and they have great food but uh the one that really stuck out to me was oj run it's uh it's a new england style hazy ipa uh it was an uh it was dry hopped with uh, citra galaxy and amarillo hops it was uh, a juice bomb it's a good combination yes good combination fantastic beer well um i'm not going to be humble right now with my choice but i was back home we were celebrating my dad's retirement and for that, I not only got to dip into the provisions, which was smoke a lot of meat, but I did brew a beer for his party. Uh, I did a batch, a five-gallon batch of a American-German and German-style Hefeweizen, which I figured he likes. It would be a crowd pleaser that everyone would kind of enjoy. It wouldn't be too bitter, too hop forward to turn people who don't like hops on. And it's sweet enough. It's got a lot of good wheat that I think people like that smooth mouthfeel of like a wheat beer. So I thoroughly enjoyed uh, smoking brisket and drinking my own homebrew. That was probably crushable on uh, the hot weekend that it was. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know, the, the best compliment was that there wasn't any left over at the end of the night. There you go. So there you go. it was good. Awesome. Perfect. Well, I think it's time for uh, Steve and Caroline to kind of take over and talk a lot about how you get the products because they're kind of striking, of course, when you walk into a place like Bearded Owl where it looks like you literally just took a huge slice off a tree. You've got, and we're sitting at a table right now in his uh, location where, um, you know, the edges of it look just like it came off of the tree or like you cut it right off of the tree, but, you know, the, the, the finish is smooth and the color is really nice. So, you know, where do we go from a tree that's in the ground to something that's we're putting our beer on? All right. So we started two, about two years ago without the knowledge of the sawmill that we, that we use, and, and we, we are their distributor for here in central Illinois. They're up north, closer to Chicago. Started out with a chainsaw and a chainsaw mill which is a device that you actually hook up to a chainsaw and literally log out your own logs from, from fallen trees. I went and through the state of Illinois, got our timber buyer's license, and then, which I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, I actually have to pay 3.5% of every tree that I buy. Kind of like a finder's fee. But it all goes back to the forest department that is i checked into it okay it doesn't go into any kind of slush fund for for the state Uh and that's how we got our beginning Uh, we did it out of our backyard and our small barn and just started uh milling out our own our own wood drying it with a solar kiln which is obviously slow because you're waiting for the sun to heat it up and 
eventually got to the point where that wasn't going to work. Yeah. I found this mill up north that was just starting, and they had the same passion that we did. We do not take live trees. Okay. So any tree that we take is either standing dead, which makes it a little bit easier to to uh, dry. Because it's already kind of dry. Because it's already sat through. It's got to sit through at least a winter. Otherwise, I won't buy it. But then it gives you the fact that it's got bacteria and fungus and critters living in it, which then add to the character of the tree. Okay. Interesting. And it makes our wood price cheap because we basically, the most I'll pay for a tree is like $50 for for, for an entire tree. And I'll get four or five logs out of it, which means... You've got five slabs usually per log. So would you say that this is something that's unique to, you know, your profession is that most people don't end up buying already fallen dead trees or that there's a, you know, the like the logging, you know, I'm sure this is like a, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and couple this to like craft beer and macro beer where the big guys, they're going to purchase you know, trees that are living, cut them down, and then turn them into furniture, wood, whatever you have it. Exactly. So what what typically happens in the state is you will have a company, a logging company, come in. They're pretty good about doing slot cutting, but they'll take all live trees, and then they'll go into, say, 100 acres of wood and pull 200, 200 full trees out of it. And their price for that is going to be right around a grand, depending on the species, anywhere from six hundred to a thousand dollars a tree. Yeah. So if you own land and have, you know, and and it's pretty profitable for you. Yeah. Because if they harvest a hundred trees at seven hundred dollars on average per. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's a nice little payout. Yeah. And quite frankly, last year, last year it was a walnut, and this year right now, especially in this area, if you've got white oak, China is buying it at $1,000 a tree and putting it on a container ship and sending it over to China. Wow. So, yeah, you're kind of like the craft beer of the wood industry, you know, using, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 you know, taking... Um, You know, and not that that's sort of like a beer parallel, but, you know, you kind of make very specific products, unique products, and the wood you you use is very unique, but you do it in a very sustainable way. Correct. Because we don't pay a lot for our trees. Instead of trying to uh, mass uh, harvest wood and ship it overseas, you're, you're collecting on a much smaller level and have more of an artisan twist to it. I mean, you're, so, yeah, it is, it is it's that's a great analogy yeah because if you look at the table that we're sitting at Mm -hmm. um you can see that we put purple mica yeah purple haze mica in there well the thing that we get when we buy our trees is we'll get all of the rot Mm -hmm. if you want to call it character it's a character of the wood and um we can uh, stabilize the wood yeah yeah and then we glued this up and that was fun. 
I've got some really good pictures of this because these these two pieces that are in the middle are actually falling apart. Wow. And we're trying to get it all squished together, together. and you, level. You, you would never and know. I mean, guys, yeah, you this know. table is beautiful. And he actually had to bring somebody else over here to um, get this planed out yeah. or um, joined because there was no way I could lift this. This is it, a large table, too. Yeah, it's, it uh, was eight, very eight, large. Eight, eight and a half by three. three. Yeah. And now it's like the centerpiece of, you know, your shop. People come in. You can have a conversation, have a beer over uh, it. The, the other big thing besides the Live Edge, and we do build a ton of bars, is we're getting into weddings now. So it's a perfect place to sit down, I'll get out my computer, and do all the wood carvings, the centerpieces for somebody's wedding. Nice. Okay, so you get to the point, you have your wood, you've purchased your wood, you've got it here in the shop, then what happens? Then you gotta cut it. And we found that us sweating over it even though I modified our sawmill, our, our chainsaw mill, mm -hmm. and put a pulley system on it to be able to help making it through the, the wood, we went up to Elm City, and they've got a huge mill. It'll do 36 foot long, um, almost 30, 36 inch wide trees that wow. they can mill out. And it doesn't take them that long to do it. So they have a they have one kiln right now. We're building another one um, that holds 5,000 board feet per your drying process. And with the wood, you have to bring it up to temperature slowly because otherwise if you try to change that temperature too much with the moisture that's in the wood, that's when stuff starts coming apart. They are really good at it. And uh, on a sidebar... And that's why we're building another kiln. You can't, you can't mix species when you go into the kiln too much. Hmm. Like, you can take walnut and Osage, which is hedge. We're cutting a lot of that right now. But then if you've got an ash or an elm or even maple, they take longer to dry. I was say so you can't. Yeah. We're, we've adapted to a computerized system now where it controls the humidity, the fans, and everything else. To Like, the, these slabs would take only three weeks to dry. Hmm. But if it were maple, it'd be closer to five. Okay. And, of course, everything times money. So once you get that dried, I should say kilned wood, right. then you bring it in the shop and you basically start with like what you have over here in the corner. Or that, that's correct. We'll send it through the planer. We just purchased a, another bigger planer that'll do dual side, 36 inch wide, which is humongous. It's yeah. coming out of Alabama. You get it plane, you bring it to the shop, and then we get to do our start, and we are excellent at stabilizing wood. What does that mean, stabilizing? Stabilizing means, and, and when we walk through the back of the shop here in a little bit, uh, basically, if you look on the end of the table here, yep. it's a check. So what we have to do in order for that to keep uh, propagating down, because if that was left unchecked, 
that would rip this entire eight foot table apart. Okay. So figuring out your end grains and where the weakest point of that tree or that slab that you've got, uh, we have a mixture of, of different ways. Some, some I'd rather not say because uh, they're trade secrets. Sure, sure. <laughs> sure. In order to then stabilize this piece of wood so I know when it leaves our shop, it's not going to come back. Gotcha. And it'll be good for an entire at least generation, if not further, you know, that just yeah. passed down. So what do you find is some of the more popular products that people or things that people want you to come in? I mean, we know that the West Dublin pub had you do a considerable amount of their tabletops and their bar. And I know, you know, we talked about Bearded Owl already, but, you know, you find that people walk in. What are they looking for? Well, I, another interesting point. I probably, we probably 80% of our business is building bars. Yep. Yep. Wow. And guess who buys them or has us make them? Probably another 75 to 80% women. Wow. Not men. In fact, I can count on my hand how many either um, dining room tables or, or bars that I've made for, for a male in, in the last year. Nice. That's interesting. Wow. Yep. You would just think, like, with the, with the wood, uh, you know, not to stereotype, but you would think that that would be more of, like, a, something that a, a male or, you know, a guy is going to, you know, this looks manly. This table looks manly and doesn't have the uh, the clean uh, uh, feminine touch to it. So no. that, that's, that's I, interesting. Actually, it, it's funny. The women that come in here, they see the cherry, which is very unique, and I love the cherry. The bark stays on the cherry very well, and that's what they gravitate toward. They want the bark on it. Yeah, that's, that's another, uh, another problem that we have because we don't take live trees. If you want your bark to stay on to your to your wood, it's got to be a winter kill. So it's got to be harvested dead dead of the winter. Interesting. If it if you harvest that wood, spring, summer, or fall, that bark is just going to pull off. Huh. So that those might be some of the more expensive pieces you have, just because it's harder to obtain. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <for sure. laughs> it's all about. So well, the, the I'm, I'm, I'm looking around here. In yeah, the exactly. And uh, uh, just to paint a little picture here, there's a there's a whole section here of uh, these gorgeous slabs, and uh, we'll get and, some pictures. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm looking at this, and they're they're all different sizes and shapes, and uh, some of them have bark on them, some of them not so much. But uh, it's just kind of, I guess, what someone comes in, what they're looking for. If the, you know, if they're wanting something a little more rustic, or if they're wanting something a little more clean, but you. Uh, I mean, they've got basically an option here for about anybody's pro, uh, taste of of what they would want. It, in a it live use, what what happens is it usually gets them in the ballpark. So at least I can sit down with a potential client and identify the species that they want. But then okay. everybody wants a custom. So oh yeah, I mean, sure. you know, you want the eight foot long L shaped, you know, four foot to fit 
your spot where you want your bar, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. Then you gotta, you know, dig through the wood. Now box. I'm starting to think about my bar at home already. Well, my wheels are turning. I think, <laughs> I think what I would do is I would bring Steve to my house and say, "What can we get to fit right here?" And <laughs> we have done that. Usually, it just takes a picture. Yeah. I. It, but we have beer at our house. I was going to invite you. Well, over that's. <laughs> well, you've got a smoker too, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. So, but usually I can do it with the picture as long as I have dimensions, and that way then I can kind of ref- refine it for their space. And that's the the other big ones are the like these conference tables and the big dining room tables. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think this might be a good segue where we can take a time out, grab a beer, and let Steve show us around his actual uh, shop, which will make sure we definitely get some pictures. Uh, always want to mention we're a proud member of the Hopped Up Network, which is a uh, group of craft beer podcasts that definitely focus on their local craft beer communities. I know we even added a few more. We may even be up to about 30. Go check us out on hoppedupnetwork.com. All right, we'll be back in a moment. All right, here we are back uh, in the uh, room where the action happens. We just cracked another beer it's the uh, Mile Wide Beer Company from Louisville. He brought this back uh, from his trip down to the Derby. It's a Session India Pale Ale, Idlewild, 5.0%. So cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. All right. Thanks, Steve. We are looking around at a lot of uh, wood and machinery, and Steve kind of gravitated right towards this piece of machine. So tell us why this is special. This one's special because it's my grandfather's who taught me how to woodwork. This is a 1934 Delta made in Milwaukee table saw with a six inch joiner, all belt driven with a dual shaft 220 volt motor, which I had to rewire the shop for in order just to make it work, but it will hog out some material. That's a, that's a very kind of rustic looking uh, machine if it you know like everyone says they don't make them like they used to i'm sure this thing has not skipped a beat no now i'm able to take a two two and a half inch wide slab and cut it through the middle to be able to join them run them through the joiner and they're in the clamps on the table in relatively short order uh, wood can be a little stubborn just that thick if you look back here, I've got an example of one of our spalted pieces of wood. And hopefully, if you can imagine, this is actually bacteria and fungus that is grown into the wood. And when this wood, which we'll, I'll, I'll show you on the other side of the shop, is, is hit with the finish, I mean, it just pops. And having it 15 inches wide, 8 feet tall pretty amazing stuff yeah we'll definitely get some pictures on that but it has this kind of speckled appearance across the grain of the wood and i'm sure once you get that stained down that really just kind of allows a lot of contrast all right i also noticed steve that you have a it looks like you have like a a sawdust exhaust system in here for when you're cutting we are gonna have to talk about that because (laughs) as far as i know there's us and there's another shop in upstate New York that actually has a wood shop in a strip mall. It was an absolute insurance nightmare to get insurance on this place. Really? 
Yes, believe it or not, because the, the conditions for removing the sawdust, being in... Compliance? Yeah, well, there was no compliance. That was, <laughs> that was the problem with the insurance company, and finally Pekin Insurance worked with us to be able to write a cover, coverage for us, but then I had to get full production in, insurance on the shop, so it was, it was a nightmare. It was like four months just to get through the insurance compliance and them figuring out what was the right rate, everything else, just to be able and to so open this, the doors. And so this exhaust system helps with the compliance of like the conditions that, it, that they wanted in here? That they mandated it. Yeah. You know, okay. and, and then getting through the, the fire department, if you see fire extinguishers, I've got like three of them throughout the shop just in case because sawdust sure. is combustible. Right. <clears throat> All right. So lots of tools, lots. lots of machines. This, I mean, I'm talking like a complete noob on this. So you, so t you, you lead now, the show real quick here, you know. Just since Evan doesn't know what he's looking at here. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we've got like what you would expect you would see in a woodworking shop. You've got your miter saws. You've got band saws. You've got drill presses. You've got planers, joiners. You know, I'm just looking around. But, but this machine yeah. right here, that's a, a, like a radial arm saw. I know right, what I'm talking about. Correct. Most, danger, <laughs> most dangerous tool in, in a wood shop. Yeah, I believe it, it. It actually is. But this thing will rotate this way for me able to, I can mill out trim for a house Yeah. at a lot less than what you can buy it for at, at the big box store. I've got an example that I did live edge on a coffee table up front out of a juniper tree out of our front yard that I had to use that in order to get the miters right. Okay. So very cool. Wow. Very, very useful tool. Yeah. But it's a tool Thanks. that you better pay attention. Pay attention. Yep. 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 Now this machine right here, it kind of looks familiar, but this looks uh, a little more high tech. This looks pretty sweet. So maybe you could explain uh, what what this bad boy does. Don't don't tip over my beer. No no no. This is uh, Next Wave Automation. They're out of Ohio. It is a CNC carver, so I am. I have a computer program that will basically turn any image into what's called vectors. From those vectors, you establish the lines, and then I put in, mix them around different bits. It will carve that image, and that's the same image that I took off your Facebook page, I think. I think. I I think I sent you the actual file. Did you send me the file? Yeah. yeah. But a JPEG or a PNG, I can convert it and then carve it straight out in, into wood. And it's a very quick process. It runs at 100 inches a minute, which is much faster than I can do by hand. It also has a couple other capabilities. I have a laser for it, so I can laser engrave. Okay, cool. I've got a, a tip that will go in the base here. So if you've got a particular piece of say molding from an old house that you can't have recreated, I can put that piece into the CNC and it'll map out that profile. Okay, cool. Develop the programming for it 
and then I can throw in a piece of wood, and it'll carve it out for me. Very cool. Nice. And um, if anyone checked out today's Instagram uh, feeds, not only from Rocketwood Studios, but uh, I had reposted that, but that was exactly what this machine had done with our logo was um, take that piece of uh, flat wood and you kind of carved our logo out of it, out of the, the Eight JPEG. Minutes. Wow. Eight minutes. So this machine actually is adds another body to our wood shop. Because no. you could almost sit here, like you can type in the program and you can almost, you have to sit here and watch it or you can go do. No, s- I can go do something else. It's got its own back system. Um, all I have to do is throw wood into it. Wow. Just feed the beast. Yep. That's, that's exactly what <laughs> that's it is. Cool. That's awesome. We're going to see how everything looks down at the West Dublin pub, but it's the same thing that did that logo right. onto these. Uh, yeah. And these took a little bit longer. Um, like seven minutes okay believe it or not but there's there's enough detail in them like the for the bearded owl flights those those were a half hour to carve that just because the detail in it yeah yeah what did you do like (laughs) made me make sure that the branding was correct and they probably have 50 30 they they've got 40 and i believe hey i was right there i believe that they're going to start selling them. So, oh, that'd be cool. Yep. And then we'll just refresh theirs. And that's the same way with these West Dublin ones. Yeah, like uh, as they get used. Tom, Tom West is planning on, they're going to just retail them out of their that's shop. Cool. And, it, and it's great filler work for, yeah. for us. So you have, like you said, um, another tabletop over here. Well, how, what are these two beautiful pieces right here? These two are going to be our showpiece. We're, we're entering the fall, summer shows, uh, festivals. We'll be, we'll be at Third Sunday in Bloomington um, this month of July and then August. Marigold Festivals, the, the biggie for us here in Pekin. We'll be there two days, and then we'll be in Farmington for Spoon River the beginning of October, the first two weekends in October, and Heartland Fabrication out of Congerville is building the bases for these. Okay. Um, and I want to give out a, a, a shout to uh, Andrew Webb from Broken Arrow, but he's been too busy, which, which is, yeah, <laughs> it's always a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and we're having them develop the the bases. They'll be corrugated metal. Um, the big reason, because I built them all out of wood for the last year, and people love them, but everybody wants a footrest, and the footrest just take time mm-hmm. and basically money. And I can have Heartland a footrest on him with a couple of weld joints sure so, and, and so basically easy. do what you do well and let someone else do what they do well exactly yeah. exactly I, I love the look of this right here on the edge i mean you can see you know the arc of you know how big this piece of wood was you got your logo just kind of slapped right on the end of it and it's just a work in progress it, it's got fool's gold on the other side too I, every bar gets a name. <laughs> so this is the Fool's Gold Bar, and this is the Chef's Bar. Cool. I can see that. But if you look on the other side, we do a ton of resin work. So there's actually 
fool's gold with a green tint in that knot. So where's this piece going? They, it's a show piece. If you nice. want to buy it, <laughs> all you have to yeah, do is. Show piece is always for sale, but yep. this is the one that's going to. Yeah, and, and for, for our bar tops, this bar top is going to retail right around yep. 250 the, ba the, the base is going to be around two two fifty. They're trying to figure that out, and this I can make for thirty dollars a square foot, thirty to thirty five, depending on how rare you want the wood. And we can do these in any dimension you want. So what what do we have have here for the different species of woods? What are we looking at on this one? So it is is wrapped with cherry. Okay. Is walnut on both sides. This is maple. This is faulted elm. This is a wood that's not from Illinois. Where they got a hold of it, I don't know, but I saw it and just had to have it. They didn't have that much. It's called uh, sepe, and then matched it with a, another piece of walnut. These dimensional ones is, is kind of the new program in doing West Dublin. Once you walk in there tonight, you, you're going to know. Okay. If you can't get that price point down to, you know, $25, $30 a square foot, it turns a lot of buyers off. And this is one product that we can, and it can still have, I mean, how great would that be to have your island in your kitchen covered in that? I'm not bringing, Oh, yeah. I'm it, not, sure, it, I'm not it, sure if I should bring my wife here or not. I think this is exactly <laughs> what he was talking about, how yeah. many, yeah. I'm sure homeowners not only you know the the husbands but the wives are just as interested if oh, yeah. not more uh, to how it's going to complement everything in their home and and quite frankly if you have that on your countertop if you get quartz you're talking 75 dollars a square foot and this uh, has a I'm lot not, more character to it yeah well i've seen some good quartz too, okay so. yeah fair <laughs> <enough>. but <laughs> i'll i'll put it up against it I mean, this is just the first coat on it, so. To be honest, if I walked into someone's house and saw this, that's a much more of a statement piece than, than quartz or granite or something that everybody has. Exactly. So it's, it's something very unique and very custom. You can see the mustard sitting there. We actually had a problem at West Dublin that some of the um, charcuterie boards um, got stained with mustard because oh. mustard is a, has a vinegar base to it. It will eat through finishes. So we had to work on how to get rid of the staining. And this is covered in an anti-stain before we put the that, finish that on it. we made here. That's cool. And I haven't figured out how to market it yet, <laughs> but it's going to be sold on our dot com. That's cool. <laughs> That's <very> cool. <laughs> like, I, I actually had stood here i was like wow you got some yellow mustard over there must be something fancy <laughs> i just figured it was a bottle that you know had a stain in it or something just repurposing oh, no, but I, I actually had the boards out here and i was putting finishes on there and pouring mustard on it to figure out how it would stain and what was going to stop it that's cool well yeah and i guess you find out those things once they start happening at these places whether it's West Dublin or Bearded Owl, everyone's spilling their beer there or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, cool. uh, another question that just comes to mind real quick, um, put you on the spot here a little bit. What's the most exotic wood or, you know, just a rare wood that you've worked with before? Let's walk out here and see the zebra. <laughs> All right. 
This is an 18-inch, well, I think it's around 17-inch uh, piece of mahogany, one-inch thick. And then even more rare is here in the corner, that's, that's zebra wood that's from pretty. Africa. Um, that actually came out of the Peoria School District. It was huh. sitting in a trailer, and when they shut down the wood shops in the schools, it sat for 15 years, and I was able to get my hands on it. So there was a bunch of, like, freshmen that were just hacking away at this exotic zebra wood at some point in the that, wood shops. That, that stuff goes for, I think I'm selling it at, like, 17 or $18 a board foot, and the mahogany's 15 The other nice piece, and I do not know where they got this, this tabletop for West Dublin is eucalyptus. Hmm. doesn't grow here in Illinois. I don't know where they found it. I know we do a lot of wood trading with another great woodworker of ours, Bent Nail, out of Oklahoma. And I know we will trade walnut logs for red gum, and I bet you that's where that came from. Is that a really, like, dense wood, a hard wood? No, or? it's very soft. It? Okay. Yeah, it's all. it, it reminded us of, of working with cottonwood, which very hard to pull off but if you can pull it off that sofa's table behind us is actually a $20 stick of cottonwood wow. that everybody hates and take a look, closer look at it, it it's cool the, the other one is this other West Dublin tabletop this is called red walnut or blood walnut and that is actual walnut and it's very rare to wow. find it that rich in color. Yeah, that's a real deep, like, hue. I, I love this table. It's, it's one of the, besides the big community table, one of the greatest pieces of, of, of tabletops I've done. And you put it on an old uh, sewing machine. Sewing machine yeah, base. I, can't, I can't help myself. I see them. I got to buy them. Yeah. I don't care how much they are, and I slap a piece of wood on them. <laughs> <laughs> and they sell. You got this table with this glass that, tabletop. Yep, the glass tabletop. That is juniper from out of our front yard. I actually, I, we missed that in the tour, that big table where, this, where the two bar tops are. That top comes off. There's a kiln inside. Oh, cool. So anybody has small pieces of wood that they want to have dried out, a lot of times I'll take them just up, up to the mill, but I had to dry this particular piece in there. And then joined it, joined it together. And juniper's n- nobody makes furniture out of juniper, and it's beautiful. Yeah, it's really got a yeah, lot of character. It really, you know, shows the interior of that, you know, log and that piece of wood. Well, the last thing we want to do is head on down and see some of this stuff in action down at West Dublin Pub, which Absolutely. recently opened up. So we're going to kind of sign off. We'll join down there. So uh, we'll see everybody back then. All right, just as promised, Steve brought us down to West Dublin Pub here in Pekin. Um, And what our first initial reaction was is let's go straight to the bar. Um, So nice, beautiful, large bar. We all sat up, and uh, I grabbed a anti-hero. I think you did too by Revolution. Um, And I'm going to introduce Tom West of West Dublin Pub. Thanks for coming. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming here. Thanks for, yeah, Tom, thanks for coming to your own bar. (laughs) 
But uh, I think Mark and I have been talking about, and Steve has been telling us about the bar, but kind of walk us through, hey, I want to open up a place, um, and this is the kind of vision I had for the bars and table and the wood in the place. So, I mean, uh, for over... Over 20 years now, you know, I, I've, I've said, I've always told my friends I was going to open a, an Irish pub, and maybe they believed me, maybe they, maybe they didn't, but, um, you know, for the last 10 years, I've been overseas, uh, Afghanistan and Kuwait, and I, I always have a love for my hometown, downtown, I have a vision of downtown Pekin, Illinois being, you know, an amazing place where it's a destination where people come to drink and have uh, have Bloody Marys on the Sundays and mimosas and sit out on the sidewalk and talk and so that's a, I mean just the vision that I've I've always had and I mean I Dory and I my my wife and my we just got married a week ago so hey, a week congrats. ago tomorrow so, so we invested heavily in downtown Pekin and uh, I mean the the uh, communities embraced us, and it's been an overwhelming uh, response. And I mean, we brought a little bit of a little bit of different, you know, a, a whole lot of different to downtown Beacon. It's you know, uh, our place has the only only frontage on Court Street where you could do anything like you know the beer gardens that we have out there and yeah. the sidewalk cafe kind of style and. Uh, we kept a little bit of the old, but a lot of new and a little industrial and a whole lot of Irish pub. And, you know, Steve built us this bar that's, you know, I mean, nobody else has a bar like like what he's built for us anywhere around here. It's it's unique. Truly one of a kind. Truly one of a kind. Uh, the bar table, the bar, the, all the tables in the bar are purposely out of the same wood, but all solid. So the bar is, you know, five different wood. Dif- different kinds of wood, but the, the bar tables themselves are all singular. Yeah. So, that, you know, you have walnut, you have red oak, white oak, uh, spalted maple. I mean, they're just absolutely beautiful, as you guys can see. Yeah. And, I mean, hopefully. But I've, I always, I mean, I never, I've never been the guy to do everything the same as everybody else. So I wanted different niches. And we have, here we have niche after niche after niche, you know, I mean... Yeah, just just looking around here, um, roughly how what's the square footage of the of the place here? So total total square footage is about forty five hundred now. Forty five hundred, and just uh, uh, looking around, it looks like there's some uh, like glass roll up garage doors on the one end. That uh, do you do you open those when it's nice out? That's Absolutely. awesome, and uh, it's just kind of got a nice uh, you know kind of a kind of a blend between. Um, what you would think of as a contemporary, like a, a traditional Irish pub, but it, but then it's kind of got the uh, uh, rustic uh, industrial with exposed ductwork and uh, you know exposed ceilings and stuff. It's just a, it's got a great vibe going on here. Um, good good beer selection. Looks like a nice bar. Uh, I, I, Tom, I saw some of that food that was coming out. That looked delicious. Yeah, we have. Yeah, especially what was it? The Irish stew, like. In it was the, in a bread bowl. It's in a bread bowl. Looked, you so. had me at bread bowl. <laughs> so, so we have two 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 things come out in those bread bowls. One of them's the chicken cottage pie, and the other one's the beef Guinness stew. And uh, both of them are absolutely, Sounds amazing. honestly nice. amazing. So, but I mean, uh, our beer. You know, I mean, I'm still gonna add. Right now, we have 12, 12 tappers on uh, on draft 
and four of them are rotating. I have another old school brass uh, round uh, tapper that I'm gonna install that, and that'll be my three Irish beers, my yeah. Guinness, my Harp, and my uh, my Smithix. Smithix, yeah. So and then so that'll add three more to my rotating stock. So in the in the winter, or in the summer we'll have the the IPAs and you know I always have IPAs and hopefully some local ones. But in the in the winter, I love my stouts and my porters. Oh yeah. So I I want those bad fourteen point one percent. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You, kick you in the head and yeah. Just, yeah. But it kind of keeps you. You're speaking our language now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It keeps you warm in the cold uh, yes. winter months here in Central Illinois. Yeah. I mean, so those are my favorites, and I love that we have so many different craft beer breweries around. You know, between St. Louis and Chicago and and Springfield, we have. Right just an amazing amount of, of selection so yeah it's right. almost starting to be a point where you know craft breweries are um, competing for space and competing for tap space especially Absolutely. in a new place like this they're going to say hey what can I do to get my tap on your system Absolutely. so I can sell my beers I mean, and that's the revolution sign above the kitchen they, get, yeah. they came in and gave me that and they guaranteed that nobody around here has one exactly like you know that and I was like, yeah all right you yeah. got it and they make great beers, so you're always going to have, you know, something good for them. So, yeah. I Absolutely. see Steve and his wife are already digging into the um, Irish oh, yeah. stew. Digging in. So, yeah, um, we really like the uh, the the bar here. And I know Steve was telling us a little bit about this, how it's going to last. But you know, I'm sure you get a lot of people that come in and compliment and say like how much of a comfortable space this is and comfortable it is to sit here at this bar. Absolutely. It's, uh, I mean, everybody tells, when you walk into the space, it's welcoming. It welcomes you with, because of how spacious it is and everything's not crammed in, it welcomes you. So, and that's, that's that pub feel. And that's what I was going after, that Irish pub, like meet your neighbors. So the table behind us is a 18, 18 chairs around that table. We call it a community table. So so say you have three people with you, you, three people sit at the table, but then another party joins and there's five more and there's eight. So you get to know your neighbors right. a little bit. I love bit. that concept. Just the, just trying to bring community together. Yep. And that's that pub, that and pub feel. And that's like in, uh, in years gone by, that was the place that you would, you would have that community was at your local pub, you know? And so to bring that back and like to, uh, you know, I, I appreciate your vision for for uh, Pekin and what you're trying to bring down here. Uh, I love the concept. Yeah, and just as an example, if you listen to one of our previous podcasts where we talked to the guys at a Brink Brewing in Cincinnati, they they put in what they call a community table, and it's become a fixture in their community where people want to have birthdays and retirement parties and engagement parties and things. So, you know, you kind of build. A community around that table and you'll see the same kind of thing happen here absolutely and uh, I mean the beer gardens outside you know I've already had a bridal shower I have I have some fundraisers in in late July uh, people reserve one side or the other and I mean I build it for that yeah, you know purposely for that you know so you could could have a, a con or a, a business meeting or a shower or uh, even a even a uh, wedding reception you know, I don't charge. Well, of course, we don't charge for the space itself, but you know, we, sure, it's all about yeah. community. 
if if I can add in, because we're a sawmill. Yep. That community table is made from these same trees, except for the cherry. But all that oak came out of out of several logs out of the same tree. Hey, Steve, Steve, while we got you here, so we were talking we were talking about the about the bar. Um, this is a massive L-shaped bar. Uh, what, just, what did we just, say footage-wise? Just ask Tom about sawdust. <laughs> what, what, what do you think uh, roughly? What's the uh, what's the, the length? The it, it's of? 30 inches wide. Is 30 31 foot, and I think I gave him a couple of square foot off on the price. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he got a deal on it. Do you, did you get like a dis, discount drinking card for that, or uh, maybe later when I, start, <laughs> when I start generating some money? In it. So, uh, Steve, did you have to like? How did you put something this big, and did you put it all together here and work here on site, or did you well, put? We we tried it in the shop, <laughs> and then figured out quickly that there was. There was absolutely no way we were going to put this together and then haul it the five blocks down to build it. So it was built in, what, three, four days, I think? Once we got going, it was, it was one day with all the clamps and then work our way down and around. I had actually the eight-foot section. No, it was three days for this main piece. I built the L in shop and then brought that in, made the cut scarily. Yeah. Because if you only get one shot at it. Right. Yeah. And uh, it, it turned out great. Yeah. It'll, it'll be here for 100 years. Guarantee it. It's good wood. Yep. So you build the bar, you got the community table to keep bringing in. You know, you've got a nice community around Pekin. You've got you know, Tom building the community table. You got Steve supplying the wood and the bar and everything. So you've kind of already encompassed that community, which is important for, you know, a city like Pekin or the smaller communities that are around Peoria. And I think that's going to be increasingly uh, important. And, of course, it always mirrors what we talk about in terms of craft beer. Craft beer and the people, the reason people like craft beer is because it's one of a kind. It's community. It's local. It's supporting the people that you know the people you can talk to and so that's why people are i think going to continually move and gravitate towards places and artists and things just like that whether it's the wood whether it's the bar and whether it's the beer yeah and i don't don't know if tom shares the same view of of what i see for Pekin. i think he needs more competition and and i Competition's a good Tom, thing. Tom agrees with that. I mean, yeah. we need to to get this downtown area rocking and rolling again, and, and he's the front runner in it. You can kind of be the cornerstone of that, and now all you got to do is uh, you know encourage other people to open up places just like yours, and it's only going to make things no, better. Not just like well, that. you know <laughs> what I mean. Absolutely, uh, and I, I mean, I last. Just last week, we uh, we sponsored a uh, young entrepreneurs for Pekin, and we, uh, you know, I mean, I offered my my help to anybody who would want to try to open some kind of business downtown, be it a restaurant, be it a bar, be it anything, 
because there are a lot of hurdles, but there's also a lot of opportunity with grants, TIF, TIF and uh, Enterprise Zone like grants. And but my, I came back to Pekin to invest in downtown Pekin, and uh, and I hope that other people see that vision and start to see, you know, that there is opportunity downtown Pekin. And I support long or, or uh, small business around wherever I can. Our beef, our beef is fresh from uh, from Beecham's in Tremont. Uh, yeah. Dixon's, you know, we, we buy all our seafood oh, yeah. from Dixon's. Uh, anywhere where I can buy uh, fresh food, that's where I'm getting it locally. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's kind of what, you know, most of us, you know, are seeking, and that's why we tend to all gravitate towards the same things and gravitate towards interests in one another. So if you get a chance, you're in Peoria, Peak, and the surrounding communities, come on down to West Dublin Pub. Don't forget to stop by Rocketwood Studios and find some uh, charcuterie boards and everything. (laughs) It's on the way. You can hit them both up. So uh, Steve and Caroline, I want to thank you for the opportunity to check out your place. And uh, Tom, thanks for letting us come down here and set up some microphones. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Appreciate All right. it. All we, right. We like we like to end with a with a cheers with a absolutely you know, glasses. Cheers, so. guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers.